let's uh, bow our heads and open with prayer. Father, we thank you for this day, the opportunity to be together with people of God in the house of God. Father, Holy Spirit, indwell within this place. Take over, take control, have your way, Lord. Let the Holy Spirit flow. Let, let the chains be broken and the walls, the strongholds be broken down. Enemy of mine, I give you notice, enemy of Jesus, you have no authority or power here in the name of Jesus, the name above all names. You are evicted. You may not stay here and you may not return in Jesus' name. You must go. Lord, have your way in this hour, in these services. Bless those that are coming. Give them a safe journey. Give a safe journey as we go home. Open our hearts, Lord, and our minds, and let this word go forth and take root in our hearts and grow, Father, so that we may go back out into the world full and fully prepared and armed for the next day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Appreciate you all being here this morning. If you could wanted to write down a title for this sermon, I would call it The Life of Press. Just P-R-E-S-S. And my text comes from uh, Philippians 3 and 14. And this is Paul writing to the Philippians. And he says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Such a simple statement. But it has so much when you get in there and start to unpack what it truly means. And I don't know about you, but um, there have been times in my life where I've been going through trials and tribulations, um, when I'm dealing with my own flesh, dealing with the enemy coming against me or my family, and someone will just say, just keep pressing. <laughs> and I've used that term myself. And it's a worthy term, but, you know, somebody needs to stop along the way and explain what pressing means. And as a child of God, you are constantly living a life of press. Even if you're not facing the enemy, even if your flesh is not giving you fits, it is a constant everyday pressing toward the mark, which is the, for the prize of the high calling of God, of Jesus, through Jesus Christ. So I want to... Uh, talk about that today. I want to talk about the press in our life. I want you to realize that this is a contact sport. And I, I use the word sport lightly because this is life. This determines eternity. So I use the word sport lightly. It's, we call it the game of life, but take it, you know, in all sincerity because what you reap, what you sow, you will reap. You'll reap it in this life. And you'll reap it in eternity. Whether you accept Christ, you have made a choice of where your eternal home will be. And if you haven't accepted Christ, you will choose, you have chose your eternal home as well. So this is a contact sport. And, and you know, uh, Ephesians 6 and 12 says, and I'll remind you, we do not war and wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. We have a battlefield, but it's every day. And that just talks about the enemy. That didn't talk about your own flesh rising up against you <laughs> and going and wanting to do what it wants to do, which is usually contrary to the will of God. 
So we can learn so much from this one verse, and I want to break it down for you. I know you may think this is kind of elementary, but when you get in there and you do your studies, break a verse down. It's not the quantity that you read that makes you great. It's the quality of understanding of what you're reading. So take it scripture by scripture. There's no shame in that. I sat down and did that for this sermon. It says, I, first thing he says, I, I want you to know it is your choice. Christ, the Holy Spirit, God will never force his will, his way, his plan for your life on you. You have to choose. You have to choose him. You have to pursue it yourself. You can't get to heaven and in God's will on your mother's prayers. Now, I'm not saying they don't help, but she can't live life for you and get you to where you need to be. She, All that we can do as parents is equip you and show you and give you knowledge and hopefully show you the word of God, which is the true weapon of spiritual warfare, uh, whether it be your flesh or the enemy. But you're not going to get there on their decisions. It's got to be your choice uh in john 16 and 13 jesus said the when the spirit of truth comes the holy spirit will guide you into all truths you have to be led you have to be willing to be led i choose to be led the holy spirit revealed this to me this is the way we should go this is what you should say this is what you should do sonia but I have to choose to follow the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. He's not going to tie me up and drag me along. He's simply going to say, this is the truth. This is the way. This is the best option. And then I have to choose. Paul learned real early in life, I press. It's me. It's me. You know, Paul went through so many things in his life. I mean, so, he was beaten like three times. He was shipwrecked. He was uh, imprisoned. He was beat, uh, bitten by a snake that should have killed him. I mean, this was before, you know, he got to where he was going to be put back in jail and ultimately killed for the cause. He knew something about choosing the will of God for his life. He knew that there was something there. And Paul stayed constantly in the presence of God. Having the presence of God in your life makes a big difference in how you face each day and each moment in your life. We'll talk about that later. So the next word was press toward. He pressed toward. And this, this is contact sports, baby. <laughs> you know, there's, there's some things going on. I'm not talking about a physical struggle like with flesh and blood like I read. But I'm talking about a spiritual struggle, a spiritual contact. You know, COVID taught us to try to be contactless. Well, your Christian life is not a contact life. <laughs> Contactless life. It's a contact life. Uh, this proves to you that this is not a bed of roses. You're not just going to stroll through the garden. There's going to be times that you press in. So press, if, if you look by definition, means to move or cause to move into a position of contact with something by exerting continuous physical force, applying pressure to, shaping, or smoothing it. That is the, 
dictionary, the Webster Dictionary definition of press. And all those things are very valid in your Christian life. I am constantly in battle with my flesh. You know, the old me wants to rear up and say things and do things that Christian me should not be doing. So some days there's this battle between, okay, biting my tongue, or as I like to say, some days God shuts the lion's mouth, and a lot of times it's my own mouth he's shutting. It, there is a pressing at that time. Now, if you go to the Hebrew text, the word for press or press toward was to make, to run, or flee, to drive away, to put to flight, to run swiftly in order to catch, to pursue, uh, to uh, persecute, to harass, or trouble, to run after or follow after, and the last one is to seek after earnestly, eagerly, earnestly enduring to inquire. All those things apply to your Christian lives every day in trial, in tribulation, uh, and everything to make, to run, or flee, to drive away. We are constantly putting uh, our flesh to rest. We are dying to the flesh and living through Christ, living to Christ. To run swiftly in order to catch, I am constantly pursuing Christ through his word, through the study of his word, through prayer, through relationship, I am constantly in pursuit of him because he is constantly pursuing me. I've never known such a uh, humbling life as a Christian life because I can pick up the word of God and read scripture and I can see myself in that. Not always in the good. (laughs) Usually not. So, when the Bible says that the ministers and the prophets, they ate the word first, we do. We eat it first because God's usually showing us areas in our lives where not only we need improvement, but the, the spiritual body of Christ needs that assistance as well. So it's a very humbling to be um, a Christian if you're reading the word and applying it to your life. It says to persecute, harass, or trouble. Well, I do that constantly with my flesh. And I hope I do that with the enemy. I don't want him to get comfortable around me. As the pastor is noted to say, how is it that that is so comfortable, that demon is so comfortable hanging out with you? Uh-uh. I should be a thorn in his side, the enemy. He should see me coming and go, oh, God, here she comes now. You know, oh, my gosh, what is she going to do now? You know, that is, that is a pressing every day. Uh, spiritually Uh, to run after to follow after I make the choice not only to read the word but to apply it to my life so I am following the example that Christ gave me in the scripture and to seek after eagerly earnestly endeavor to acquire that is to try to achieve it but it's earnestly achieving it Uh, prioritizing uh, Christianity, uh, studying, prayer time, fellowship with your ch- uh, people, you know, coming to church. Those are things that you should be earnestly seeking to do. A lot of times here in this day and age, they don't have a desire for God. They don't see a need for him. Now, granted, let something like 9-11 happen, which we have the anniversary of tomorrow. 
and the church was full. I remember that day. I remember the first Sunday after 9-11 and the following Sundays, how people were seeking God for answers that they didn't have and for a hope that they didn't have at that time. They, they saw just how fragile life can be, unfortunately. So pressing, pressing toward, it means you're moving forward to something. Now you can stand and press against something, and all you're doing is, to, is keeping it from crushing you. No, baby, you're supposed to press forward. You're supposed to be moving it out of your way and keep going forward in the attitude of Christ. I thought that was awesome, pressing forward. So the next thing it says, we're going toward the mark. The mark. It says you have destiny. You have purpose in your life. You have a place that you are supposed to be. And let me tell you, it's in the will of God. And it ain't always your will. There are a lot of times that I've told you in this pulpit, I prayed that God would send me somewhere that would, people would be hungry and desire God. And I thought we would end up in another continent. And here we are, still in Kentucky, across the street, <laughs> on the other side of town. Here I am. This is where God put me. This is his will for my life at this time. May not always be your will, <laughs> but it is his will. But I, when I was reading this last night and writing this out, the mark came to me. And in acting, you are taught to stand on your mark. And why do they teach you to stand on your mark? Because you are more in focus, you're easier to see, and your voice will be caught clearly if you're on your mark for when you deliver those lines. And I thought that is so appropriate to uh, our Christian life. What if Jesus had missed his mark when the woman of the issue of the blood was in, in the place? What if he wasn't there? What if he'd missed that mark? What if he hadn't been there that day and Zacchaeus could climb the tree to see him? And salvation came to his household that day. What if? What if in the Garden of Gethsemane, he didn't show up? What if he, in that very moment, said, No, Lord, there's got to be another way. No, Father, there's got to be another way. But instead, he said, Not my will, but thine be done. He didn't miss his mark. And you have a mark as well. You have a place and a time that you're supposed to be. Maybe it was in the grocery store at that very time and you couldn't figure out why you couldn't get there any faster. Not only did God save you maybe from an accident, but maybe there was a person there that needed you on your mark to be the light for them, to show them Jesus. He presses toward the mark. You have a mark. John 6 and 38 says, Jesus says, I come not to do my will, but the will of the one that sent me. He knew early on that he was there, even as a child when he stayed behind in the temple with the teachers and his parents had gone three days journey and had to go back to get him because they couldn't find him. And he says, I need to be about my father's business. And they were like, not at this time. Let's go. <laughs> There is a mark that we have in our lives 
And sometimes it comes daily. And, and, then, and there are other times your mark is you're here at this church at this time for this hour. But it's just not the big picture. It can be the everyday mark. Are you on your mark every day? Are you pressing for that mark? Because I want to be there. Because that's someone's mother, and that's someone's father, and that's someone's brother and sister. That's someone that needs God, that I have the opportunity to make a difference in their lives. I would want someone to be there for my kids, for my family, for those that I love. Press toward the mark. The next thing it says is for the prize. What is our prize? We have eternal life. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Death no longer has a sting. Yes, my, my, my physical body is gone, but I am eternally with my Savior in heaven. The other option is not where I want to be. I don't want to hear him say, I never knew you. I never knew you. Heavenly, we have heavenly rewards. There, the Bible talks about crowns. Uh, I think they've narrowed them down to like five crowns. If you want the scriptures, I can give that to you. But the other thing is to see others come to Christ. It is our calling. Mark 16 and 15, Jesus said, before he, as he was ascending, he said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature creation some say second timothy and i try to find scriptures without repeating the same ones over and over because all the scriptures work but i want to i want to read second timothy four and five to you it says but watch thou in all things endure inflections do the work of an evangelist make full proof of thy ministry let me read it in the new living translation it's, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation and don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. Not all of us can be pastors. Not all of us can be ministers. Not all of us are called to be teachers. Not all of us can play instruments and sing beautifully. But that does not mean that you don't have a work. You are an evangelist. You are called to carry the good news. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. You preach it by talking it and by living it, by being it. Every day, by hitting the mark every day. And that requires pressing. Maybe you have the easy way. I don't. I battle every day. Saturdays is even worse because he knows the word has got to come forth today. And he fights and fights and fights me all day long. But I press. I give a little here. I took a nap yesterday. I don't take naps. That's how bad it was. It was physically draining the battle was yesterday. I couldn't keep my mind focused on what I knew had to be done for today because the enemy kept it distracted all day long. And by 3 o'clock, I physically gave out and laid down and slept for two or three hours. 
and that's not not normal for me. My husband says, I only do that when you're sick. <laughs> Are you feeling okay? I did have a headache. That was another thing. <laughs> I had a terrible headache yesterday. All day long, I fought with that stupid thing. For the prize. You know what? The enemy doesn't come to spoil your house unless there's something there. It says he has to, he has to bind the strong man before he can come in and spoil the house. That's scripture. There is a prize. The prize is to walk into heaven one day and the people that you had talked to and lived your life before coming up to you saying, thank you. You were the only light that I saw and you made the difference in my life. Wouldn't that just be so wonderful? It would be make it all so worth it, wouldn't it? And maybe one day it's going to be someone you love that will say those words to you. Let's go on with it. The verse says, the high calling of God. It's a high call. (laughs) It's above your abilities to do. That's why Jesus came and died, right? He doesn't see what we could do in the garden. (laughs) When he put us over it, we were easily deceived. And in Noah's day, he wiped everybody out, save one family that was righteous. But it's not unattainable. We have Jesus Christ. We have the blood, the sacrifice he made on the cross. Do you know, he endured everything else because of the enemy. The enemy, what, Christ, what happened to Christ physically is what the enemy wants to do to you. And then he wants to nail you to the cross. Christ, the enemy didn't take his life. He laid down his life for you and I. High calling. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, and we quote this a lot, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For uh, my, the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God drops a thought on your head to do something, and you sit there and you go, God, I can't do that. Don't you think he knows that? But he knows what he put in you. He knows that his Holy Spirit resides inside of you. And you have every capability of doing so. If you choose. I press. I press. There are times when you feel like you're being stretched out of your capabilities that you feel like you've got this weight on your shoulder, it's just so heavy, but we're always, always trying to do what's right for him. But God knows. Jesus lived this life. He lived it perfection lately. So he knows it's capable for us to do it, but he knows that we are going to need the help to reach that high calling of God. And that's why he came. Philippians 2 and 13 and the New Living Translation says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. God is working in you. He's working all things for your good if we choose to press. I know it's painful. I know it seems impossible. I know it's not who you are. 
I know. But God knows what he put in you when he made you, sent you to this earth and knit you together in your mother's womb. He knows what you can do and you are called to do something. Every one of us. We're like the eyes, you know, the whole church, the whole body of Christ. We have eyes, we have hands, we have feet. It's like your body, your ears, but one doesn't function well without the other, does it? I was sitting here years ago listening to a testimony of a gentleman in the church, and God spoke to me and said, You are my, you are my, uh, you are my mosaic, it's a mosaic. You are my mosaic. And mosaics, if you looked at it, history of bits and pieces of things put together to make a beautiful picture. But it may be a seashell or a shard of glass. It may be some yarn or fabric or stone. Just beautiful things put together, a mosaic. And he spoke to me and he says, This, you are my mosaics. You're all not the same. You have different backgrounds. You've gone through different things. But you all have purpose to bring glory to God. And I put you together to be a picture of me. What a wonderful revelation. We are able through salvation, through the saving grace of Christ, to have the relationship with God with all its privileges, with all its promises, with all its power, with all his benefits. He died on the cross, gave up his life for that purpose. That's the whole reason why he came. And then he didn't stop there. He rose in, third, in three days so that we could have eternal life. The death couldn't even take that away from us. The natural death couldn't take that away from us. I want to go to Galatians 2. And I want to read this to you because you have the capability of choosing to press. You have the power and authority to do it. And I want to read Galatians 2 and 20 in the Passion Translation. I want you to just listen to the wording. It is so beautiful how this is written out. And I want you to think about yourself and how at times you have to press to even be Christian every day <laughs> and at times when you don't get your answers or maybe it wasn't the answer you wanted or things just aren't going the way you thought they were going to be keep pressing keep pressing Galatians 2 and 20 in the, tra uh, the Passion Translation reads my old identity has been co-crucified with Christ and no longer lives. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one lives his life through me. Anointed one. That's, that's a Messiah. When you look up the word for Messiah, it means anointed. He has the authority and the power. The anointed one lives through me we live in union as one my life my new life is empowered by the faith of the son of god who loves me so much that he gave himself for me 
dispensing his life into mine. How awesome is that? The very essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. When you come up against the hard times and the difficult decisions and the things that you think that you can't get through, even if it's the simple everyday Christian life, remember who lives in you. The old identity has been crucified. It's dead. It's gone. You now live and are raised in Christ. And all the power, all the authority, and the abilities, and his life is in you now. So keep pressing. Keep living the life of press. I press. Choose to continue. Choose to press. That's the life we're called to. That's what makes us different. We just don't go along with the crowd. We're different. We're called to be different. We are called to a life of press. Father, I thank you for this word of encouragement. I thank you, Father, to know that you live in me. And this life is no longer mine but yours. And that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That is a promise in your word. Help us, Lord, in our weakest, darkest moments, Father, to see that light in you that lives within us. Give us strength to press on. Help us, Lord, to make the decision to press on so that others may see the goodness of God in us and be drawn to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.